today on Doomed. I'm back. That's right. We are back live. Doomed with Matt Binder. It is New York primary election eve. Uh, my voice is a little bit shot, uh, like it's been pretty much all summer, but we're gonna do this. Let's do this. Alright, I don't know what just happened with the song there, I think I cut it a little short, but it's alright. Alright everybody, as you all might have realized, uh, I've been, uh, MIA for about a week and a half, a little bit over a week and a half, uh, Actually, the last Doom's live stream was uh, about what it was the it was the uh, live episode where I uh, we did a little mystery science theater three thousand on the uh, New York gubernatorial debates between uh, Cynthia Nixon and Governor Cuomo. So uh, we are back now. I have a few guests. I'm in the midst of booking for the upcoming days and weeks. Uh, I'm being asked on the YouTube live stream comment section, uh, Oxy, uh, I always forget who this is, but yeah, they're asking how many tokens to see my face. Uh, very funny. Very, very funny. Um, but let's get right to it. So basically, uh, I want to do this live stream because I was feeling, yeah, I was, I had this inkling. I was just feeling... Uh, Robert Brooks says that was great stuff talking about the uh, the the little uh, MSTK M- wait what is it MS mystery MST three K that's it right all right bear with me here MST three K on the uh, the gubernatorial debate but I had this inkling like this I had this this feeling this urge you know if we want to really talk about how many tokens to see my face I was feeling the urge to stream today. Because I'm just feeling, I'm feeling pumped. We are, we are just hours away from the New York primary in New York State. And uh, Renee just chimes in that I'm jogging while listening. And you know what? Let's do this. I've promised uh, members of the show, uh, people who subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash mattbinder, that I'd be doing a live call-in show. So let's, I don't have a guest today because, like I said, last minute. So let's make this a call-in show. The number, you have to use Skype, and you basically just go into your Skype and then search the name Call Doomed. That's right. I made one just for the call-in. Call Doomed. C-A-L-L space D-O-O-M-E-D. Although I think it'll show up whether you put a space between the two words or not. So if you want to call in, Skype, Call Doomed. That's it. So, you know... Tomorrow's a big day, and let me pull up actually all the people that I, I think everyone should go vote for if you live in New York. And if you're not in New York, if you're not in New York, let me remind you, you can get involved. For example, as everyone who listens to the show now knows, uh, I have been for the past few months working with the Cynthia Nixon campaign because uh, A, I supported her from the very beginning, way before I started working with the campaign. And B, uh, I dislike Governor Cuomo very much. And C, let me say once again, just how good of a candidate she is. It it really irks me, actually. It really bothers me to say see people say, oh, she's an entertainer. 
uh, like Cuomo has been saying. And then I see the the biggest idiots online who, you know, uh, let me not say that because I, I, I it really it just bothers me a lot that, you know, people are, 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 you know, who support someone so corrupt like Andrew Cuomo. And let me actually do say that. If you support a guy as corrupt as Cuomo, I'm sorry. What are, what is what are you thinking? What are what are you doing? What are you doing? But anyway, this this is the the type of people that that sort of bother me. I I want to try to break through to them. The people who say that Cynthia Nixon is an actress like which makes her inexperienced like Trump. I mean, come on. Come on. You think that's the problem with Trump, that he's inexperienced? Come on. Come on. Please. Please. (sighs) Ten Foot Man says, Hi, great to be here with all my friends. Thank you, Ten Foot Man. Um, nice to know I'm your friend. Oh, and Renee reminds me that there was the Mario Bros debate with Andrew Cuomo. We turned him into like a Mario esque character. Like it's a Mia, it's a Mia Cuomo. I don't remember why we did that, but we did that at the, during the debate live stream thing. We did that. Unbelievable. So I'm just going through the um, the old comments here, setting things up for the calls, if we get any Skype calls. And let me actually, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about some things that happened in the past week and a half, two weeks, since I've been uh, on a little doomed break. Uh, first, as you all know, uh, I, if you listen to the past few episodes, you know I've had a sick cat. And, you know, I've been say I, I, I've had for some time now a 16-year-old dog. And sadly, uh, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that, uh, we had to say goodbye to the dog, Josefa. Um, and it was a little bit sad for a while. And I'm still, you know, I'm still, oh, cool, we got calls. Let's, let's take the calls. Let's take the calls. That's why I was missing in action for a bit, you know, dealing with things with the kid and the family and everything. But let's take this call. Give me one second, person on the phone. All right. We're going to pull in. Here we go. Let's do this. All right. Santiago Chile, Solidarity. What's up? Who is calling into the show today? The, inf- the infamous Renee Moncayo doing something that I wouldn't be able to do on Majority Report. Ah, you're going for a late night jog and calling into what I assume is your favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. <laughs> mix, but don't let Jamie know that. Jamie Peck. Right. I won't say a word. <laughs> so what yeah, would you so like to talk you about? You want to know about what's going on over here? Where are you calling from? Uh, Santiago, Chile, South America. Oh, the petri dish of neoliberalism. Let's let's hear it. Let's do this. Wasn't what okay. I had planned at all, but you know what? It's one of those shows tonight. Let's do it. Right, right. So let's see. We're in the second 
in terms of um, Sebastian Pinera, you know, Sebastian Pinera is the brother of Jose Pinera. Jose Pinera leads the CAT, the infamous Cato Institute. He basically, the brother developed the whole uh, health insurance thing mixed with, um, with um, the bursatile, the, the, the kind of like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the whole um, stock market thing where you get health insurance and you use that to finance uh, investments and all that. And you claim that you will pay like the 70% of, uh, of, uh, of your pension back. This is what we used in Chile to replace Social Security, which used to exist before then. And basically, that was the Petri dish because through the dictatorship of Pinochet, uh, basically, it's come back to the United States to haunt you as a possible uh, uh, solution, replacement to Social Security, especially by libertarians and all these kind of like uh, people in favor of the regulatory policies right. who aren't fascists. And right. yeah, and um, well, um, so Sampinier himself is very well known because um, he started out basically the, the sons of a, of a foreign diplomat that some alleged to have ties with the CIA. And so Sampinier so started out of like a, a sort of like an investment banker. It's basically here, like in, I guess, in New England and uh, and Great Britain, it, it starts out like a sort of uh, buddy network, like an old boy network. So basically, through his contacts, uh, through the univ Catholic University, he studied in the United States and, and Harvard and all that, but I think he got whisked away like he went on the fast track and got everything handed to him on a silver platter by his Romanian um, uh, professor and everything because it suited like the, ner the narrative. So anyway, not to get Alex Jones about it, but so <laughs> I'm actually so I'm, I'm actually being I'm, I'm enamored right now by by the visual of you running through the streets of Santiago, Chile. And not only yeah, that, I, not only that, I need a, I need a war or something like that to keep it interesting. Right. <laughs> but not only that, you have a better connection than I would say 90% of the guests I have on the show who are based in the United States. Uh, many who are actually based right in the same state as I, uh, New York. And on top of that, many who are based right in the very same city as I'm in uh, New York City. So I'm just, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm just baffled that's the right crazy. Now. I'm That's a crazy thing because uh, Chile is allegedly has like the worst um, internet connection of uh, South America. But I'm a client of an American company called VTR, which you can like uh, wiki look it up on Wikipedia. I think it's kind of like associated to some company in the Midwest that operates under here, like under a kind of like a puppet company and all that. But they're basically at the forefront of communications now since. When they sold the, uh, because basically what um what happened after Allende and the, because yesterday was uh, the anniversary of the of the coup d'état, uh, basically they sold off all the public actives that just like in Great Britain under Thatcher, and among those was uh, the telephone company. So 
come now the 21st century that includes internet and all the other utilities right and um basically at first it was sold off to the as just one company it was like a monopoly it was sold off to a spanish company and then um due to like uh, i think it was like uh long distance calls and and overseas calls it was a sort of gate competition sort of like when um when AT&T split off from Bell and there's all these minor companies and all that so that's when uh, sort of like a kind of laser fair competition started out and this american company came out on top hmm that's it's all connected you might say that's very interesting yeah um Basically, Sebastian Piñera then started out like oh, for his cronies and all that. Started out as, um, well, first he was like working under like the UN, like the Sepal and things like that. Sup supposedly like helping in, in like uh, social, social programs and whatnot under the FAO and Sepal. And... Um, Later on, when he went into the, the public sector, I mean the private sector, he was uh, head of a, of a bank in the southern Chile where my family is from, on the maternal side, called the Bank of Talca, where he, he always, to, to the day, there's like a huge like a, a backtrack that's sort of similar to Trump regarding uh, manipulating insider, insider trading, insider information. So in regards to the Bank of Talca, he traded in insider information in order to uh, develop like the first uh, credit card license here in Chile with Diners Club International. And basically, since it's a credit card and it's based on credit, uh, finally there was like a collapse where the bank had to foreclose and basically go off to auctions and file bankruptcy and what have you and he was wanted for uh for doing this under doing this under extra official beans i suppose as is his uh, normal uh modus operandi is and um uh, basically he was wanted by the by the government of pinochet for uh, economic crimes until well, he was in hiding for a while until he managed to get out of it because his brother, Jose Pineda, as I was saying, the guy that, that now is like one of the ideological managers, leaders of uh, Cato Institute, uh, managed to get him, off the, get him off the hook. Rene, I'm going to stop you right there for a second because I've just been distracted by this amazing video I'm watching of you just running. <laughs> let's... let's uh, I'm just... I'm uptown, so uh, I'm, I, let I'm me, actually like a, I'm actually, yeah. Let me ask you a question, actually, because you brought up Alex Jones before. Do people like, you know, in Chile, I'm trying to understand, like, you know, do, do people in Chile, is there like an Alex Jones of, of Chile? Is there like an... Uh, my whole family is Alex Jones, I suppose. <laughs> what happens is that... But is there, that, is, there, um, is, there, is there like a guy who's like, you know, like an Alex Jones type figure? Um, it's, you don't understand, like, over here is where allegedly Hitler and other Nazis secluded right. themselves. Right, 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 right. And then you have, like, uh, like the, the economic school in Chicago and all that, so if you want 
I mean, and have you read about like um, uh, speaking of somebody like Current, except he's dead now, but recently deceased. Uh, John, when John McCain came to visit uh, Pinochet, and he talked to Pinochet, and it was like regarding of like handing the reins of uh, back into democ democratic society, basically uh, sussing out whether there would be a uh, the plebiscite that, that just happened in 1988, this was like around 1984 or something like that, like a few years after Ted Kennedy visited Chile. And of course, many years after Henry Kissinger visited Chile. And um, basically, Peter Trey only wanted to talk about the communists and everything like that. And around that time, there was like a kind of like a detente and all that. So it kind of like pushed John McCain away. And this is John McCain who was like imprisoned by the Vietnamese. Right, right, right. And um, he considered he, he said like uh, considered like Pinochet was like talking about like somebody from the John Birch Society. So, I mean, Alice Jones. I mean, I, I wrote on Facebook because I'm usually like writing a lot of sarcastic comments on Facebook, like I guess a lot of people do. Um, that basically we're lucky that Sebastian Gorka hasn't fled to Chile and like taken over or something like that. Right. Because it right. very fits well into the right. Austro-Hungarian fascist uh, Euro wannabe narrative over here in, in our area, South America, and especially this area is like the posh area of uh, Santiago. So, I mean, fortunately enough, nobody celebrated like the anniversary of the coup. But I remember like the first time Pinera, like uh, one. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I was going to say, um, I, I'm going to uh, get to the... Uh, yeah, cause I'm trying, I want to make sure I keep the show moving. I have some, a few things to talk about. I want yeah. you to call back in again for sure uh, next time. Uh, yeah, I want to imagine some, that Jamal... This is what Jamal didn't want to hear. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so you <laughs> one-upped him. All right. This is inf information and a contact that Jamal didn't want. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Keep listening. And, you too. Uh, uh, talk to you next time. Okay, I'll listen. And, and of course, I'll jog next time when it's on the podcast. Right, right. <laughs> That's, that could be your thing, right? Yeah. Take care, man. Bye. All right. Uh, again, you could call in, go to Skype, uh, call Doomed, search that name, and uh, you'll see it. Call Doomed. There's no one else out there with the name Call Doomed. Uh, let's... Let me first, actually, before I take any calls, uh, you know, so last time, uh, what happened, you know, a few, th a lot of things happened, actually, since the last time there was a stream, and I want to get to a few of them, actually. Um, so let me start with the hearing with uh, Facebook Sheryl Sandberg and Twitter's Jack Dorsey in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Um, I covered it for Mashable, and, um, you know, it was, it's, it's, to me, you know, it's it's important actually that these hearings happen. I don't think any regulation will actually happen, at least not anytime soon. And I don't think the senators, for the most part, ask any really great questions. Uh, a number of them are completely uh, dumbfounded when it comes to technology. But I do think that it's applying pressure to Facebook, Twitter, Google, who no-showed this one. Um, I do think it's applying pressure to them because the very threat of regulation has got to be scary for them uh, because who knows how far it'll go. So, you know, when it comes to uh, foreign interference in elections, which, again, I think is an issue, but I think 
Democrats, especially, uh, you know, rank and file centrist liberals, are overblowing big time. Um, at least the social media aspect of it, like you know, the the Facebook posts and the 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 Twitter accounts, stuff, stuff like that. You know, obviously, the more yeah, the, the more problematic stuff where you have actual, uh, you know, Russian intelligence agencies, not, you know, not just posting shit posts on, you know, shit posting online, but actually attempting to uh, fish, uh, P-I-H-I-S-H, I should say, fish, you know, emails from campaigns and try to steal information and, and it's not technically hacking in, in that sense but it is hacking in terms of getting access to uh the material that doesn't that that's that's not theirs and, and and disseminating it for for nefarious purposes that to me is a problem of course um so so that's that's my summary on on the hearing then also you had the the hearing right after that Jack Dorsey went uh, of Twitter by himself went to where um, it was basically, I was in the house and it was basically over conservative shadow banning, which does not exist. And, and so the thing that happened there that I really liked, that was funny to me. And this was at the, just throughout the day was Alex Jones. And you all saw the Marco Rubio thing in the hallway. But here's what's funny to me. So, and this gets also to segues into the next thing I want to talk to, talk about. So Alex Jones gets, f- finally gets booted from Twitter. And this is after a uh, long time ago Twitter changes their rules and says off Twitter, uh, you know, their their policies, I should say, their policies extend to off Twitter behavior. And so people are pointing out, you know, Alex Jones is breaking your policies. Uh, look, YouTube, Facebook, we covered that on this show with uh, Jared Holt of uh, Right Wing Watch when, when the day that uh, Alex Jones got mass banned from practically every uh, social media platform except Twitter. We had a, a show that day. Um... You know, so people were pointing that out to Twitter. Your rule state, offline behavior matters. It's got to follow your terms and your rules of right and regulations. But they said, no, 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 he isn't breaking our rules. The posts that were on the other sites, uh, they're not on Twitter. Fine. I even said with Jared that day that, you know, from what I see, uh, just looking at his most recent tweets, he really just uses Twitter as an aggregator. You know, he just says, you know, I posted this video, I posted that video, and then he links to people to sites that are off Twitter, like YouTube, his Infowars.com site. So fine. That argument looks to be maybe not solid, but I get it. It's a it's a it's a decent argument, even though you can also poke holes in it. But then Oliver Darcy of CNN found out that those very same videos and posts that got Alex Jones banned on Facebook and YouTube 
and removed from iTunes. They uh, also were on Twitter. That content was also uploaded to Twitter. He found them in Alex Jones' Twitter archives. They were live on Twitter. So Twitter comes out and says that, okay, okay, okay. You got us. Those break our policy, uh, our, our rules. But we're not gonna we're we're not gonna ban Alex Jones still. It it's it's it was it was pretty you know it was pretty incredible. Um, I mean, shouldn't be shocking, but still to see just a company just caught in their web of lies and just double down that they're they're right on their call it was just you know come on, you got to be kidding me. But then Alex Jones. For some weird reason, obviously to get attention, but really just in in the broader sense of things, in the big picture, really a dumb move. His one ally, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, who apparently later came out, had actually stepped in when Twitter's trust and privacy department or whatever it is um, suggested, made the call that, you know, we should ban Alex Jones back when all the other companies did. Jack Dorsey himself, according to reports, stepped in personally and overruled that decision and kept Alex Jones on the platform. So you have the one guy in Silicon Valley on your side, Jack Dorsey. And Alex Jones goes and harasses him for the, uh, the Twitter shadow banning thing that is actually not real. Conservatives are not being shadow banned on Twitter. What that is is basically... They're not banned or able to post on Twitter, but nobody's get nobody gets to see their posts. Twitter like ghosts them. So they see their posts going up, they see it in their own feed, but they don't know because they see it. They don't know it's not being shown in other people's feeds. Now Twitter came out and explained the situation. We do know, and we were able to find this out by seeing it for ourselves, that in the suggested users, like when you go to the Twitter search bar. And you type in, you know, you type in Matt Binder. For some users, when you would type their name, they wouldn't show up in the suggested searches. So let's say I was one of the people being accidentally shadow banned by Twitter's, this bug in Twitter's algorithm, which is what it was. You go to the search bar, you type in Matt Binder. Twitter doesn't suggest my name to you. But if you... Type in Matt Binder and press enter. My username will, my, my profile page will show up in the search results that get returned to you. It's just that in the suggestions, for some reason, my name wouldn't come up. There was a bug. Twitter came out and said this bug affected 600,000 users. Uh, they were across the political spectrum, including most of the accounts, according to them, had nothing to do with politics whatsoever. Uh, but that was it. No one's tweets were being uh, ghosted. Uh, no one's account was being shadow banned. But conservatives ran with this whole thing. It was enough for them to call a hearing for the House Republicans to call, enough House Republicans to call a hearing. Invite Jack Dorsey. And so Alex Jones uses this, uses this uh, opportunity to harass Jack Dorsey over this, just literally screaming at him as he's going. Uh, getting around, you know, the the from in between hearings, uh, during the break in the hearings, when he's getting into his car to leave, 
Laura Loomer's also there making a fool of herself, really. I mean, if Alex Jones wanted to make if Alex Jones's uh if his goal was to come out of that as the biggest fool, uh sadly there he had no chance. He failed miserably uh when factoring Laura Laura Loomer into the situation. Sorry, buddy. Laura Loomer, you, you can't you can't you, you just can't. You can't there, there's no competition. She stood up, started shouting during the hearing, and interrupted it. Uh, some House Republican who was a former auctioneer just started going off, you know, one dollar, doing his whole auctioneer thing. That's my impression of it. I can't do it. Um, and that was funny, I guess. Sort of drowning her out. She really wants her blue check mark back. If you recall, talked about it on the show, uh, previous episode. Laura Loomer's big case, big cause right now is getting back her little little Twitter verified check mark that she got taken away from her. Um, so the day after the hearing, Alex Jones gets banned from Twitter. I mean, that's all it takes. Folks, you know, the whole... Uh, putting up videos that spread hatred against uh, Muslims and trans- and transgender people, which is what two of those videos that got him banned from YouTube and Facebook contained. That was the content of those videos. Also calls for violence and uh, telling his audience to arm themselves with rifles or, or, or what have you. Because, uh, you know, there's civil war coming, folks. But this is what you do. You get it. That's what they did during the last civil war. Robert E. Lee jumped on YouTube and warned the South to to take up arms. <laughs> but um, so and then the whole issue of uh, him creating a whole uh, group of people who believe well, not create. I'm sure he they would have existed without him, but certainly added to those numbers and empowered them and emboldened them. Uh, the Sandy Hook truthers who are harassing Sandy Hook parents now to the point where Sandy Hook parent, some Sandy Hook parents have had to leave their homes, move, because they were being harassed and stalked. And they're unable to visit their children's graves because they don't want their new location, their new homes to be found, so they are once again harassed and stalked. That's no big deal, but... Yelling at Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter himself, as he's surrounded by some security, uh, waiting for his car to show up uh, after a hearing uh, on Capitol Hill. That, folks, is a step too far, and that will get you banned from Twitter. Stunning. Really stunning. So I hit a quick summary of the hearing. I got... Uh, Alex Jones getting banned from Twitter, and any of these things I summarized today, just to catch up on what I've what what we've missed while the show has been a, a short hiatus. Um, th- you know, I'm sure we'll go back and and get more in depth with some of those some of these things, and I'll have a guest on to talk about some of them. Um, but let's jump while we're on uh, conspiracies. Let's jump to this latest update that just happened today. The big QAnon subreddit was banned. Amazing. 
Now, as the listeners of this show know, I've done numerous episodes on QAnon. If you've been listening since the beginning, you've known about QAnon probably literally more than half a year before everyone else found out about it. And I'm not going to get into what QAnon is. If you want to, this is just a summary of, of, of today's subreddit drama. Um, please go back, uh, search for the episodes of Will Summer, who's been great on this. And you could learn everything you want to know about QAnon. But let's stick with this Reddit thing that happened today. So, there was this, there was a big QAnon subreddit a while back. Um, it was called, let me just, I want to make sure I have the, because it was, an, it was initial, it had like the initials and, and all that fun stuff. QAnon subreddit. Band. It was calm before the storm, but it was the initials. All right, I remember now. It was calm before the storm, but the subreddit was CBTS underscore stream. And they got banned because they were breaking Twitter's rules, which is actually probably harder to do than breaking Twitter's rules. Breaking Reddit's rules, I should say. I think I might have said Twitter before that. Breaking Reddit's rules is probably harder to do than breaking uh, Twitter's rules. I mean, look how long some of the worst subreddits were around for. Creepshots, Jailbait, uh, The Fappening, uh, what else? The Incels subreddit. Some of these were around for years before they got banned after public outrage. Uh, as Brett Reed points out on the YouTube comments, the underscore Donald is still there, yeah, though. Yeah, that what I think happens happening there is that at six hundred fifty thousand uh, members of that subreddit, and also the whole idea of it being the Donald Trump, the president of the United States, the subreddit for his his supporters, they feel probably that there 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 will be a a big problem if they uh, ban that subreddit. I'm sure that's their 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 reasoning for for banning that one. For not banning that one, I should say. But let's let's stick to the QAnon thing. So, CBTS underscore stream, that subreddit was banned for basically frequent calls for violence and just posting, um, doxing people who they believe were part of the, the, the you know, the, the cabal. That's, uh, that's the, the, this, this pedo, this globalist pedo ring that's out there. Uh, that Hillary Clinton's a part of. The deep state. Do my Alex Jones, a little bit of Alex Jones voice there. You know, basically posting the same type of things that got the Pizzagate subreddit banned. But after that got banned, they quickly started uh, another subreddit, r slash Great Awakening. And the mods there were a bit smarter in policing the members. And that, that, that one grew to, I think, something like 40,000? Um, maybe even as much as 70. It was a big, it was, it was a fairly big, couple of tens of thousands of people were part of the, uh, the, the r slash Great Awakening subreddit. And the mods there were a bit more careful. They were, uh, a bit better at policing what was being said on there. The language used, you know, that's what's really important. You know, 
you can hope something bad happens to somebody, but you can't call for something bad to happen to somebody. Or say you're going to do something bad to somebody. You cross your fingers and say, oh, it'd be a shame if, or, oh, you know, wouldn't mind if. So that's how they skirted around that. But even that, they had trouble policing. There was one, a couple of months ago, there was a, a post from the mods on the r slash Great Awakening subreddit. Was uh, really funny to me. Was <laughs> the mods were begging its users to stop posting images. And this is what was going on there. It's incredible. Ready for this? The mods of Great Awakening had to beg its users a couple months ago to stop posting child pornography on the r slash Great Awakening subreddit that its members were posting as proof that Hillary Clinton was running some sort of sex ring. Distributing child, uh, illicit child imagery to own uh, the libs, I guess, right? Just, just, just what, what, what goes through these people's minds? Just, it is, it would be even more unbelievably, like, you know, hilariously dumb. Like, just, it is hilariously dumb. It would be even the, the, the height of just, like, the hilarity, the, the, the humor. It just, it's just, I, I can't even put it to words. I'm just, I, I'm just, wow. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. So, while we don't know exactly what was posted to get it banned this time around, they finally got shut down. It's, it's... Now, what's going to happen here is I do think this is a big setback for the QAnon conspiracy theorists. Because as I wrote, I wrote an article for Mashable. I detailed that a large portion of the QAnon believers are baby boomers. An older generation is really taken like into this conspiracy theory, and a lot of it's because where it's being posted, first on 4chan, then 8chan. Now is the home of QAnon. It's really beyond them. It's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more confusing, a little bit more for people who are like really online, those, you know, those places where the, you know, the worst of the internet go. And the way anyone can post on there and the way the image boards, basically their user interface is and how it sh- how, how posts show up and are shown and how, uh, you know, no, there's no logins or user like usernames to know someone by. It's a bit more confusing for older people. So a lot of times, what was happening is that people would take the people who who were in the know, the the, the more savvy, if you could even say that about QAnon people, <laughs> the more savvy QAnon people would post the information for a broader mainstream audience for distribution. Uh, it's one of its main distribution channels, without a doubt, on the Great Awakening subreddit. And so now, who knows what's going to happen now that they've lost that distribution channel. 
Will the older Curon faithful just have to figure out how to understand HN? Or will they just lose out on the information and maybe it'll slowly fade from their their attention spans, I guess? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, right? All right. Uh, so also, uh, let's. Uh, I'm definitely be getting more into that. The uh, the 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 future of QAnon after this subreddit ban. Ban. It's definitely a big thing. Uh, in that world, and you know me, uh, right wing conspiracy and craziness is the uh, is what this show Doomed is known for. So we'll get we'll get deeper into that. We'll follow the. Uh, the white rab the, the breadcrumbs down the rabbit hole for that one, right? Let's get to some comments here. Wholesome punk. Literally everyone on Twitter is a Russian bot. That's right. That's right. If you're if you're donut Twitter for sure. Renee, the genius guy in a fight with Twitter Jack. So basic pettiness. So basically, pettiness won the day. Talking about Alex Jones getting banned on Twitter. Yes. Uh, and also, I'd like to say Renee is apparently not only calling in while on his jog, but he's partaking in the YouTube live stream chat as well while jogging through the streets of Santiago, Chile. Very, very. T- certainly can walk and chew gum at the same time. That Renee. Brett Reed, we've definitely seen the dark side of social media. I don't know enough about the Twitter TOS Terms of Service to comment on that. Putting videos on YouTube for the sole purpose of driving people to a different side is a violation, though. I know he wasn't doing that. It's talking about Alex Jones. Good luck regulating an algorithm. Are the lawmakers going to analyze the code? Well, I think the thing is with that, Brett, is, you know, yeah, my camera just went out of uh, focus there. There we go. Just fix that. You know, you 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 put pressure on these social media platforms, and they will fix. They they will uh, update the algorithm. I mean, the algorithm should be. You know, they should should be being improved on on the regular. I'm sure it is, but I mean, it should be improved in a way that it deals with various issues that have certainly come up in the past couple of years. Oxy, QAnon being banned means that the map they posted is true. Right, of course. That's 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 it. QAnon, that, that was what was happening. That was the Great Awakening. That was the calm before the storm. What what's that? What's what's the thing? I always this is the one. Now I've covered QAnon for a while, but I always forget how they because it doesn't. It's not in, it doesn't make sense in English. Was it where we go one, we go all? Is that their thing? Yeah, I do remember it. Look at that. So yeah, basically the banning of the Great Awakening subreddit is 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 truth to their slogan: where we go one, we go all. 
Reddit banned the one QAnon, that one QAnon subreddit, and they're all gone now. Reddit actually banned a few other QAnon subreddits, but that's the big one. The other ones are like little side channels for, for certain QAnon subgroups or whatever. Ten foot man, did Q predict this? I don't think he did, but I'm sure they're taking one of his random posts from the past few months and trying to extrapolate it to, to mean something about Reddit banning uh the Great Awakening subreddit. Brett Reed says doxing, depending on the info, is protected by the First Amendment, but it should never be tolerated by platforms where it's being done. I mean, the platformers don't have to abide by that. I mean, they don't have to allow it on their platform, and they shouldn't. I mean, there's a huge difference between posting your the number of your senator's office, your you know, your public representative. And then posting, like, the name, address, phone number, family members' names of private, excuse me, of private citizens. Now I have the hiccups. Renee, maybe Alex Jones in a donkey mask. QAnon. Well, Alex Jones no longer believes in QAnon. There was a falling out there. That happened a couple of months ago. Brett, my parents keep up with politics pretty well, but I doubt they've ever heard of QAnon. Uh, Jesse Cool, what do you think about Jimmy Dore? Listen, I don't know what, you know... Jimmy Dore's, I don't pay as much attention to him as I know. I know Sam and, and, and Michael had a thing with him. I don't, I, I think he, he veers off in the conspiracy too much. Listen, I'm sure we're on the same page when it comes to the policies that are being, that we advocate for, healthcare for all, free college, you know, end to the wars, uh, ending bail, cash bail, uh, closing private prisons, prison reform in general, social justice. Um, you know, I'm sure we're on the same page on a lot of those sort of things. But he just really takes it. He's, he, he is what Michael Brooks calls, you know, the dumb, dumb left. Or the loony left, as some people call them too. And it's why do you have to veer off into that conspiratorial? Why do you have to be the Alex Jones of the left? You know, the Seth Rich thing, uh, the obsession with Hillary Clinton, uh, especially now, like as we're, you know, she's, I mean, I get it. She's still putting her head, her, you know, putting herself out there. And you can criticize when she does and, and, and what she's doing when she does that. But I mean, there's just an obsession that becomes like almost. Uh, you know, just as obsessed as the right is with their own right-wing conspiracies about the Clintons. 
Brett says door is constantly being brought up in the majority report chat. It's a bit much, actually. I mean, I'd rather just ignore the guy. I don't think he's that, you know, uh, influential, to be honest with you. He's a he's a young Turk Turk's supporting character. If, he, if this was Jenk doing this, then yeah, we got to talk about it because that's a problem. But it's not Jenk. If it was Anna, we'd have to talk about it. That'd be a problem. But it's not Anna. Um, I I wish. I mean, I, I I'm sure Jimmy Dore has a good sized audience, which is, which is why Young Turks provides him with a platform, and also because, like I said, they agree with I'm sure what he believes in policy wise. Like we probably do, me and my, you guys, the listeners of this show. Uh, Robert Brooks says this chat is red flaggy all over the place, Matt. Red flaggy all. Over. What am I missing? I have like a like a third party feed that I use to follow the chats. Am I missing something in like the regular chat room over here? What's going on here? Let me pull up the chat here. What's 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 happening? I don't see any. Uh, what 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 are you talking about? Red flaggy. This chat is red flaggy all over the place, Matt. Oh, it's a Jimmy Dore quote. See, I don't even know that much about the guy. It's a Jimmy Dore quote. Apparently, this chat is red flaggy all over the place. I really like. I just what I know about Jimmy Dore is that he was he's a progressive comedian who sort of. Apparently, doesn't do much stand-up and com- uh, comedy anymore. He's become more of a, a straight-up progressive, uh, you know, talking head. I know he was uh, he had his own show on The Young Turks. I know he still does now, and I'm, I also believe he has moved up the ranks and does some of the more, uh, you know, fills in and has a supporting role on some of the more uh, mainstream primetime Young Turk shows. Um, I know early, many, many years ago, he was even a guest on the uh, Friday movie uh, segment for uh, the Majority Report. I know that Sam and him had a debate during the primary season in 2016. I think that's when it was. Uh, I know he's veered more conspiratorial since uh, because of the primaries. You know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump broke a lot of people's brains. On all sides, really. And you know I'm not one to be a both sides and all sides type of... No, but really. On one side, you had certain people whose brains were broken by Hillary on the left and by Donald Trump on the left. And then also those same people, Hillary and Donald, broke brains on the right too. I just don't really pay attention to Dork. And sadly, this might be surprising to you guys. I do actually uh, consume the majority of clips that go up. as mo- not, not all of them, but a decent amount just to keep up with everything. But in terms of like the longer show, uh, daily show, you know, with the sort of this sort of discussion about Jimmy Dore would happen, that certainly wouldn't be clipped into a YouTube seg- segment. Uh, I-, I miss that stuff. I, I-, I-, I struggle to find the time to... To do everything. Uh, Renee says, well, Benjamin Dixon had a, f- had a few things to say about Jimmy Dore carrying water for the Pepe's. Uh, listen, I-, I don't know about that. But from what I know about Benjamin Dixon, he's 
probably, most likely, I could pretty much guarantee he's right. Jimmy Dore probably did something that carried way too much water for the wrong types of people. Kennedy says, we do love talking shit about Jimmy Dore in the MR chat. We can't help it. Renee says, Jimmy has a lot of listeners and audience for his stand-up. He's one of those critical support for Assad leftists now. Robert says that he said Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ng of Hawaii were bought out and or going to be bought out because they wouldn't or were not running third party then literally said dozens of times live. Bernie's being bought out because it's not on his show. Uh, LOL, says Robert. Renee says his live show in Pasadena is stand-up. Okay. I, his live show in Pasadena is stand-up. Okay. I mean, 10-foot man said, I'm lucky to know as little as possible I door. Nicola says, looking shaggy as hell, dude. I like it. Dang, well, I'm out of it, man. Yeah. The MR Moco says, broke brains. LOL. Very true. Uh, Nicola says, bad brains. <laughs> Uh, Ten Foot Man says, Benjamin Dixon is great. Kennedy says, Dora's a huge alt-right fan base. Listen, if that's true, then I'm going to jump in and try to f- and listen to more Dora so I could find out because this show is, follows the alt-right and all that fun stuff. So if Jimmy Dora is doing something to push that their agenda, then I'm going to jump on that. Kennedy said, yeah, while AOC was campaigning for progressives all over the country, Dora was whining because she wouldn't go on his show. Uh, Let me tell you something. Uh, In the weeks before her election in June, uh, a number of weeks, uh, far enough from it that I felt comfortable enough that I could invite, I I, I wouldn't, I could uh, invite her on the show to try to get her on. Uh, and not feel bad about it being too close to the election where she probably is busy doing other stuff, more important than coming on this show. Uh, we just couldn't make it happen because she was too busy. And this is the first time I'm mentioning that because uh, publicly because it doesn't really matter to me. I totally get it. I totally understand. I would not expect someone who's fighting to win an election to come on this show or any show, to be quite honest with you. I mean, if it was a show that could guarantee them eyeballs, like a cable news TV show that has hundreds of thousands of people guaranteed watching it each night, or a mega huge sort of podcast, like, you know, Mark Marin was inviting a candidate on the show or something, Joe Rogan, although we all know Joe Rogan wouldn't have a leftist candidate on his show, um... Yeah, then of course. But I'm not delusional. That's just ridiculous. That's really he's he's upset about that. Really? Really? Come on, man. All right. Well, enough about door, for this episode at least. Um, this is gonna be a short one today because. It's just me solo. This is, you know, 
we did the first episode without a guest on episode 30, which was the last episode where I live, uh, we, we, we live chatted up the uh, governor debate. And now you're getting two straight. This is the second episode in a row. Uh, so let's drop some plugs before I b- talk about the last story of uh, uh, the episode. Patreon.com slash Bender. Support this show. Uh, didn't grow so much the last month. We've, we've been on a steady uh, growth upwards the past few months. And then last month we sort of, I think we gained like, I don't actually, what I, th- I think happens, I don't think we gained someone in the last month. I think someone just upped their their $5 membership a few bucks. They threw me a few extra bucks, which is why uh, this show did a little bit better on Patreon. But come on, we're stalling. Patreon.com slash Matt Binder. Also, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, it's a big help. Subscribe on iTunes as well. Subscribe to this YouTube channel, doomed.tv. It'll take you right to the YouTube stream channel. So you can subscribe right there. Uh, I will be announcing guests shortly for future episodes. Uh, also, we'll be uh, figuring out, before I announce it, obviously, figuring out some other things to do with the show in terms of uh, extra episodes, bonus content, uh, how we're going to cover uh, stuff as the November general election creeps closer, and then also when the 2020 uh election uh, season ramps up, which I'm telling you, the second this primary season is going to end with Trump in office, you're going to see the 2020 stuff going already. It's going to slowly start creeping up and then I'm telling you by early spring, the beginning of spring 2019, next year, next I would say March or April, it's going to be full throttle pretty much. Ramping up. So, been already thinking about that stuff. All right, so we started the show talking about the elections tomorrow in New York. Tomorrow's the New York general election. And what I want to do is talk to you about who to vote for. If you're in New York, this is what you're going to do tomorrow. If uh, you are wondering who to vote for and you consider yourself to be a progressive, a leftist, a democratic socialist, for governor, again, this should come to no surprise on this show, Vote for Cynthia Nixon. In fact, if you have some time, Cynthia for New York, excuse me, CynthiaForNewYork.com. You can sign up to volunteer. There's still time. Knock on doors, make phone calls, send texts. You can get involved right now. You can get involved tomorrow. It's not too late. For Lieutenant Governor, Jumani Williams. Uh, for those of you who followed the majority report during the early years, 2011, 
when we were covering on the ground Occupy Wall Street. Jumani, as a city council member, was on the ground there and got himself arrested with the occupiers. Cynthia Nixon and Jumani Williams would be an excellent team, governor and lieutenant governor. They're, they've endorsed each other. They're running together. Working families parties endorsed them both. There's your progressive ticket right there. And then also endorsed by the both of them, and she's also endorsed them back for Attorney General Zephyr Teachout. Easy peasy. Don't go with Tisha James, who's with who who's best buddies with Cuomo and running with him. Don't go for Maloney, who's bought by the real estate lobby in New York. Zephyr Teachout, Attorney General. Uh, so you got Cynthia, Jumani, Zephyr. Now for state Senate races. Uh, if you live in District 11, John Liu over Tony Avella. You might know John Liu from when he ran for mayor. I know he had some, you know, some some campaign finance baggage back when he ran for mayor. But politics-wise, policy-wise, over Tony Avella, who is an IDC guy, you go John Liu. District 13, Jessica Ramos. Easy, easy. Endorsed by Cynthia. Cynthia endorsed her. Good progressive. Uh, District 18, Julia Salazar. Listen, there's been a hit piece after hit piece out about her. All that matters is that from everything I've seen from her, she she's the real deal. She's a democratic socialist. Her early years when she's younger as a Republican, that's not... Listen, when you're young, she's, she's young right now. She's in her 20s. But, you know, when you're a teenager in high school, college... And your family grew up a certain way, and you were raised a certain way, and what you're around, you, you could, your politics change. This is not the case of like some Republican who's been a Republican since in his 20s and 30s and 40s, suddenly because of Trump decided he's going to run as a Democrat. But he still holds centrist positions or, or center right positions. No, that's not what this is. And all that other stuff, listen. If she made mistakes, she made mistakes. A lot of those hit pieces are just disgusting, straight-up hit pieces. Policy-wise, she's the one to go with. Julia Salazar, District 18, State Senate. Uh, District 34, Alessandra Biaghi. I believe that's how you say her name. I've been following her a little bit on Twitter. I know Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been uh, campaigning with her because she... Uh, her district covers part of the Bronx, if not the whole Bronx, I think, actually. Uh, and then, I'm not familiar with some of these other districts, so I'm going to ask you to look into these folks and make sure they're... But I'm looking at basically like a primary cheat sheet for some of these people I'm not too familiar with, and they all seem progressive. So if you're in these districts, 
Districts, look into these folks because these are most likely the people you want to vote for. District 17, Blake Morris. District 20, Zelnor Myrie. District 23, Jasmine Robinson. District 31, Robert Jackson. Uh, Renee says Salazar. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oxy asks, if Cynthia Nixon doesn't win tomorrow, should she go on to compete in the general election via the WFP line? She's going to win tomorrow. I'm going to say that right now. That's I'm going into this tomorrow optimistic and positive. Not going to think about that. There's no reason she shouldn't win. Cuomo is corrupt to the core. And let's get to this really fast, the last story, and then I'm going to jump, guys. So this mailer that went out calling Cynthia Nixon anti-Semitic. This has been incredible. Because what you have here is everyone passing the buck. Basically, this mailer went out to 7,000 people in Brooklyn, targeted at the Jewish communities, calling Cynthia Nixon, who's raising two Jewish children. She belongs to a synagogue. even though she herself is not Jewish, is being called anti-Semitic because by, by this mailer that goes out by the state party, the state Democratic part, Party, the New York State Democratic Party. And the mailer is just gross. It says she won't, she's weak in the face of growing white, uh, white supremacy and, you know, the alt-right, that she supports, first, and this part is, is wrong on multiple levels, that she supports BDS. A, it's not anti-Semitic to support BDS. B, well, I wish she would, she doesn't support BDS, which is her prerogative. But what I do like is that she's been very specific. While she herself does not support BDS, she supports the people's, the people who do support BDS. She, she supports their right to support BDS, which usually you don't see. Usually the people who are, uh, who, who you're either for BDS completely or you're against BDS completely. So to see someone say, well, I personally don't agree with BDS, but support them completely to have that position and uh, advocate for that position and act on that position, that to me is great in and of itself. Again, obviously I would prefer that she did support BDS, but listen, can't have someone we agree with on everything. And in the big picture, as the New York governor, as long as she would support the people who are a part of the BDS movement's right to do that, then that's all that matters. Really. Because Cuomo has put the BDS movement on a list. You can't support BDS. In you uh, and I believe in you know in uh, in state schools. So this mailer goes out. Outrage automatically, from people who receive it. At least the people who are vocal about it on Twitter. So this gets around. The state Democratic Party passes the buck. The Cuomo campaign passes the buck. No one wants to take responsibility for it. 
the director of the state party says that it was a mistake, but doesn't say who who's responsible for it. Someone signed off on that. Nobody pays for 7,000 mailers. Uh, A, the design for it. B, the messaging for it. C, the printing of the flyers. And D, the mailing of these flyers. That doesn't just happen through osmosis. That's not something that just, oops, accidentally goes out. So the Cuomo campaign says they had nothing to do with it. State Democratic Party says uh, wasn't supposed to happen. No one's taking any responsibility for it. Uh, no, nothing's been done uh, to make it right with the Cynthia Nixon campaign. Uh, just recently, uh, people have started to message Tom Perez, the DNC chair, saying the one guy you came out and endorsed this primary season is Cuomo. Why are you being silent on this? They passed the buck too. Refusing to issue any sort of statement other than, uh, we shouldn't, Democrats shouldn't be uh, uh, playing tricks like that, fighting that way. No, we want a specific to this issue statement and apology. That's what should be happening. And when I say we, I'm talking Cuomo, uh, uh, Cynthia Nixon supporters. Anyone who supports her. Anyone who wants her to be governor. And then this story just comes out. It turns out that the person behind, or one of the main people behind, I should say, that mailer, was a longtime Cuomo hand. I'm being told he's the guy, Cuomo's top guy, Larry Schwartz. Specifically signed off on the mailer, gave it the approval. And to defend it now, instead of just coming out and saying that, all right, you got us, we're responsible for it, the Cuomo campaign is defending it by saying, he just saw one side of the mailer that didn't call her, insinuate uh, that she is anti Semitic. And this, on top of this other story that came out the other day, where the New York Post comes out and says that right before this mailer went out, they had a source within the Cuomo campaign or working with the Cuomo campaign in some capacity contact them, trying to get them to write a story about Cynthia Nixon's supposed BDS ties, which was actually years ago she signed a, uh, she signed a petition with other Israeli and Jewish actors and activists opposing some sort of uh, uh, theater performance in one of the areas uh, where there's a settlement or in the surrounding areas like the West Bank. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, one of the settlements or you know Gaza or West Bank. I'm not exactly sure where it was, but the point is she signed a petition supporting those people who decided they weren't going to perform there because it was against what they believed. So New York Post comes out. They pass on writing about this. 
and say that interesting that this source was trying to push this story just before a mailer drops that pushes this story. And when New York Post comes out and says this, the Cuomo campaign attacks the New York Post, which usually I'd be all for someone attacking the New York Post. But the Cuomo campaign, nope, sorry buddies, especially when New York Post is doing the right thing here. They come out and say, this is now an issue of ethics in journalism. What is this, Gamergate? They say this is an ethics in journalism thing because the New York Post shouldn't be sharing something that's been off the record. When it was never off the record because the person who sent this to the Post said, don't source me on this, which A, doesn't mean off the record, and B, for something to be off the record, the journalistic outlet, the journalism outlet, has to agree to it being off the record. You can't just say to a journalist, hey, here I am, this is me, uh, I'm giving you this story right now, this is off the record, by the way. No, you have to get the confirmation that's off the record first, otherwise they can run whatever they want. They can say you were the source. This, this would be as, you know, as I've seen said on Twitter, this would be hilarious if not just so disgusting. And yeah, Oxy, New York Post actually comes out as the good guys in this. He's saying, LOL, New York Post has ethics. Nicholas says, I listened to Virgil from Chapo interview her a couple days ago. Cynthia Nixon, yeah. You listened to Virgil, uh, the Chapo Cynthia Nixon interview. Um... I pushed for that. I, I wasn't not, I'm not, not. Let me. I didn't say. I didn't make it happen. I'm not like. But you know, when they were asking around on di- different, uh, you know, we were talking about different places Cynthia should go. I, you know, I'm just a, an opinion. I have no power. No, no real power in that decision making process. Just my opinion because I was familiar with Chapo. You know, absolutely, she should go on Chapo, and I'm very happy that they ended up doing it. Uh, but according to Nicola, uh, in that interview, uh, she said that ultimately it comes down to Cuomo. He's responsible and absolutely right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. It's his campaign. He's responsible for everything that comes out of it. <sighs> you know, really. Really. Just unbelievable. Folks, vote for Cynthia Nixon tomorrow. Vote for Jumani Williams. Vote for Zephyr Teachout. Vote for every progressive, democratic, socialist, leftist running. Inexperience. Like Trump. Unbelievable, some of these things. I can tell you right now from... From... Seeing her speeches, probably at this point hundred times now. <laughs> uh, you know. Going to multiple events. You know. Meeting her. I've, I've met Cynthia. I've met Cynthia's wife. Met her small child. She's the real deal. Just because she's an actress with some sort of success doesn't mean she doesn't get it. Look at FDR. Dude had money, and he brought us the New Deal. And it's if Cuomo wins, man, I don't know, man. This whole you know 
blue wave and uprising to Trump. You know, Cuomo is the guy. You don't have to be a Republican to Cuomo is. Listen, if Trump never switched to a Republican and stayed a Democrat when he was a Democrat, he would be Cuomo. It's the same type of politicking. It's the same type type of corruption. It's the same type of thinking. It's the same type of sliminess. It's the same type type of just you know New York institutional New York establishment uh, insidery uh, viewpoint and outlook and and working the system and knowing how to how to run the the the, the machine that's been in that's that's been installed for for decades now. Just enough. Zephyr Teachout, when she ran against Cuomo in 2014 with no name value, with not even probably a quarter of the 10%, of the press that Cynthia's been getting, without you know any sort of backing, the Working Family Party didn't back her then because they were worried about Cuomo, and they knew they made the mistake then, which is why they were probably extra sure before anyone even ran, decided to run against Cuomo, knew they were going with whoever was running against Cuomo as long as they were progressive. You know, Zephyr Teachout came within less than like a, I think it was something like 70 something thousand votes. We can do this. Come on. Just, yeah, I'm really just. <laughs> just thinking about, well, what more could come out about this guy? The bridge issue, where he put people in danger to open up his bridge. Uh, uh, the bridge that he's named after his dad before the primary when the contractors the company that built the bridge said this is dangerous the other bridge is still up it's putting you guys in danger just the way the subway system is run in New York City and just go on the, the, the multiple top aides convicted of crimes Almost analogous, really, to Trump's top aides. Look into, look into. I've talked about this on the show. Look into Prococo and Elaine Calieros, folks, taking bribes for state projects. And these are people who Cuomo surrounds himself with. This this guy's just lucky. He hasn't been caught in something. The Moreland Commission, which Cuomo put together to root out corruption in the state. Helmed by uh, Pre Pereira at the time. And when Pre got a little bit too close to Cuomo in looking into corruption, Cuomo shuts down his Moreland Commission saying, oh, it's done its duty. Corruption out of New York now. Just shocking. Unbelievable. All right, everybody. Nicola says that shot was so disgusting. Cuomo deserves to be beaten and tossed in the river. If he can swim, he lives. <laughs> Ten foot man calls Cuomo dirty. Brett says slimy. Renee says Cynthia Nixon is getting corbined. FTW all day says vote for Cynthia Nixon. You fucks. F U X, by the way. Renee says, how will the Gambinos deal with Cynthia Nixon? Theo says, I hope she at least kneecaps him so he can't run for president. Oh, let me tell you, regardless of what happens tomorrow, Cynthia Nixon's going to win. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, 
Cuomo's national aspirations done over no way harmed way too much he's done nationally no way is that guy gonna be able to run for president all right folks once again vote Cynthia Nixon if you live in New York tomorrow see you all next time on doomed reaching out to find the way Listen